invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to a passage of Scripture you might not even need to turn for, and that is Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Uh, this is probably one of the most famous passages of Scripture, uh, especially in the Old Testament, that is familiar to folks. Even those who don't necessarily maybe go to church, they probably at least heard it or associate it. It's often read at uh, funerals, per se, and other passages. But this is a dear and tender psalm that uh, we have much to glean from. So we're going to be in continuing the theme of uh, follow me, the, the message of Jesus Christ. We did several messages out of the New Testament uh, this uh, over the past month. And then now we're going to be doing another series out of Psalm 23, kind of going it step by step. And what a precious, precious passage this is. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Title of today's message is, The Lord is My Shepherd. The Lord is My Shepherd. So it's interesting, uh, concerning this, again, this is a familiar passage of Scripture uh, to many of us. I'm sure you've read it. Like I said, I remember memorizing it when I was a child as well. It just as uh, still to this day, just very uh, tender to my heart, and I know to many as well that are here with us today. But I think sometimes when we read uh, familiar passages of Scripture, sometimes I think we miss the message of it. Um, and so this is something that I think that we should uh, look at as we look at, as we see here, the meaning of Psalm 23. So the question really for us today is really this, the, is the Lord your shepherd? That's the title of today's message. And that's really our focus today. As we look at the Lord as my shepherd, is the Lord really your shepherd? Let's talk a little bit about this. So the, the way that the Psalm actually begins, it simply says a Psalm of David. So David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, is the writer of this precious psalm. And it's interesting, when you think about it, what time in David's life did he write this psalm? We know he wrote many psalms. He wrote psalms when he was on the run from King Saul, for example, when he had other times of afflictions. It is believed, that there's two thoughts, that David wrote this maybe during that time before he became king, or perhaps when he was uh, kind of reflecting on his life. Uh, much older. Uh, I tend to lean a little bit later in his life that he wrote this. And, but nonetheless, David never forgot his upbringing. Remember, David himself was a shepherd. And so that's where he got his calling from. So a little quick history about David. Remember David, who was the son of Jesse, he was the youngest. He was the runt of the litter out of all his family members. And uh, remember that uh, Israel was without a king. And they said, we desire a king. By the way, I invite you to come back tonight, 6 o'clock, for our evening service. We're starting a series on Don't Lose Your Crown. We're going to look at the life of King Saul. So it's interesting. These uh, messages are kind of interlinked a little bit. But nonetheless, we know that David uh, was just minding his own business, watching his father's flock uh, near the hills of Bethlehem. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Samuel comes by, and uh, he's ready to anoint a man after God's own heart. And so he starts with uh, his oldest son, uh, 
Jesse's oldest sons, Eliab, Aminadab, and Shammah, for example. And then there's other sons, seven all. And then it said, is there not one here left? Said, Don't you have one more son? He said, yeah, but he's, he's the runt. He's out in the field. All right, go get him. So they did. And of course, we know that, that Samuel, the prophet, anoints David, young David, as that king. And of course, we know the exploits of David, even as a shepherd. The, the Bible records that in 1 Samuel, how that David defeated a, a bear and also a lion that would harm the flock of a sheep. So in that, he was a, a shepherd, a good shepherd on top of that. And then we know that uh, David also famously goes to the Valley of Elah, where he encounters Goliath, the, the giant of Gath. And uh, with remember, with five smooth stones and a slingshot, which was the, the weapon of a shepherd, he goes and he defeats that, that giant and victory is, is attained and uh, David becomes a hero. There was a, there was a song going on. It was, the pop, it was the pop song of the day. You know, think of like Israel Idol at that time, okay? You know, Saul has slain his thousands and David is tens of thousands. That was the pop song going on at that time. And uh, I tell you what, that got under um, uh, Saul's skin, so to speak. And so we know that from that time forth, there was that bitter, uh, that love-hate relationship between David and Saul during that time. Finally, Saul dies in battle and David becomes king, king of Israel. But we know that in a lot of David's wanderings that he did and his hidings from Saul, he wrote again, like we mentioned, many of the famous Psalms that we read, including this one today. And so as we think about this, we see that Psalm 23 is a Psalm of David, but I want us to think of this. David is reminding himself even of his position as the shepherd. He identifies with that shepherd idea. And so he begins to write out a Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What's interesting is here that really the shepherd, the roles are reversed. The shepherd becomes the sheep. Think of that. The shepherd becomes the sheep. David himself becomes a sheep under who? The Lord. And so this is very important. This becomes really a personal song to him, but I think also to Israel. Not only was God uh, the Lord, uh, David's shepherd himself, but also shepherd over the people of Israel as well. The psalmist describes uh, the God is a shepherd in Psalm 80, verse 1. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. And so there's a, throughout the Psalms, there's other passages too where God feeds his people. He leads his people. The idea of a shepherd over his sheep is, is and David, the way he's expressed it in this poetry here, that God is also a shepherd over himself, but also over the nation. I think it's interesting. The psalm is also declared with Israel, a psalm we know as well, Psalm 100. It says here, Know ye that the Lord, he is God, is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So in a sense, we are like sheep, okay? And so when we think about that, even in, our, in Christianity today, churches are often led by pastors. What, what does the word pastor mean? It's really another word for shepherd. That's the idea. Uh, I am really, I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm really a shepherd, an under-shepherd, and over who? Under who? The chief shepherd, who watches over all of us, okay? He's pointing us in different parts of the, of the field, if you will. So churches are led today by pastors, while the people of the church are, are called a flock, Okay, uh, it's often when sometimes pastors get together. Sometimes you ask, "Well, how is your flock doing? How is the how is the care of your flock?" And that's usually meant in a very tender way. Uh, if you know anything about sheep, we talked about it a little bit last week that sheep are not the most um, uh, intelligent creatures. Put it that way. 
they can become very stubborn and sometimes unruly uh, as you work with them. And, uh, but nonetheless, there is a deep and tender love that the shepherd, a good shepherd, does in caring for his sheep. I think, and, and I say this with pastors, and we talked last in our business meeting, we voted to begin the ministry apprenticeship program, bringing young preacher's boys in, that they can learn how to shepherd a flock in a practical way. You have to have a love for the sheep. I remember telling Brother Harvey when I first came here to Victory, a little over three years ago now, I said my prayer was this, that I, I want to love the people of Victory Baptist Church. That was my first prayer coming into this building. And this is a prayer, by the way, I don't stop praying, okay? I don't say, you know, when you have a, oh man, I'm going to tell him Brother Eldie, right? When Eldie, what, what he, he always say that, you know, he says, well, do you love your wife? Have you said you love him? He said, well, I told her at the wedding day and that was good enough, right? So that was Eldie. It's all right, Brandon, right? So... <laughs> But nonetheless, no, we don't just say, I love you, and then move on. No, this is something that we continually have to nurture as well. And so we are like a flock as well. And not only am I a shepherd, but I'm all, be honest with you, I'm also a sheep. I have to follow the sheep shepherd, okay? And so with this in mind, I want us to bring our attention. While this psalm is a psalm of comfort to many of us, it's also kind of, of confusion. Why do, I, why do I say that? Why is this a confusing psalm? Because I, here's the thing, there's many people who claim this verse, the Lord is my shepherd, and they, they hold on to that, but they really don't know the shepherd. And I think that's where the disconnect really is. And my prayer is this, as we go through Psalm 23, that we will get to know our shepherd in a close and intimate way, that we will draw ever close to him in his security, under his protection, and under his divine care for us. That should be our prayer. Okay, like I said, many claim this verse, but they really don't know the shepherd. There's a lot of people who know about God, but they really don't know God. They don't know him personally. They're not truly one of his sheep. So my question for you today, is the Lord your shepherd? Do you belong to him? Are you a part of his flock? Okay, that's the question. I thank Brother Harvey for sharing his testimony, how he was that lost sheep, if you will. And the Lord got a hold of his heart and drew him to himself. And guess what? Harvey is, man, look at the wool on him. He's looking great, okay? He's one of God's sheep, all right? So is the Lord your shepherd? Now let's talk a little bit about the relationship, though, between the shepherd and his sheep. This is revealed here in the what's called the Pearl of the Psalms. The Pearl of the Psalms. You see, for the sheep, the shepherd is everything. Think about that. For the sheep, the shepherd is everything. The shepherd of his life. The shepherd is his provider, it's his protector, his guide, if you will, uh, his sustainer. There's so many things that a sheep has to be dependent on the shepherd who cares for them. To abandon the sheep is not a good shepherd, okay? But a good shepherd will take care of his sheep, doing everything it takes for, to, to secure them. And so this is very, very important. So in doing this, the she, the, for the sheep, the shepherd is everything. So is your shepherd everything? Is the Lord your everything? That should be our heart and our focus. And that's really what Psalm 23 gets to the heart of the matter. This pearl of the Psalms really then reveals the heart of the shepherd as well. So there's three basic questions we're going to ask here. Is first of all this, why do we need a shepherd? Why do we need a shepherd? You can look up these verses or write them down later. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, why do we need a shepherd? Number one, we have all gone astray. We like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
In other words, the shepherd took our sins. We've gone astray. That's why we need a shepherd. You leave sheep on their own, they're not going to do too well, are they? Okay? So with that in mind, we have gone astray. We need to recognize that. Why do we need a shepherd? Why does this world need a shepherd? Why do they need Jesus? It's because they're lost and they've gone astray. In Ezekiel chapter 34, I invite you to, on your own to read that whole chapter in your, in your free time there. But Ezekiel 34, it really talks about sheep that were abandoned by the shepherds of Israel. The leaders of Israel, the religious and uh, government leaders, really just ab abandoned their flock or took advantage of the flock in different ways. And so in doing that, Israel, Israel failed uh, as a shepherd. They failed as a shepherd to watch over the sheep. And in that, the sheep were eventually lost and they were abandoned. And what God says in, e in Ezekiel chapter 34 is that he will come and he will find the lost. He will bring the lost sheep to himself. In other words, Israel's leaders, you failed. God's going to send a true shepherd that will care for Israel, care for the people, care for the flock. Here's the question. Does mankind fail us? Absolutely. Even the best of intentions. You know, this year is an election year. Okay? Go out and vote. Do your civic duty. Absolutely. But no matter what type of government, no matter who we put in office, will that person be, will that person fail us? Yeah, even to the best of intentions, okay? They will fail us. Even me, as a pastor, do I fail you? I can, absolutely, because why? I'm fallen and I'm finite. I'm not immortal, you know, or I'm not, not, uh, not perfect as well. But I want to lead you to the true shepherd. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's the end goal of this. Mankind's going to fail you. Just as those false shepherds failed Israel, don't put your trust in government. Don't put your trust in a political party or whatever social club you might be involved in or whatever good or future may, may be involved in that. Don't put your final trust in that. Put your final trust in the great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mankind will fail you. Let me show you one little story. It's kind of interesting. In 2007, I was leading a, a tour to Israel, and uh, we there's a large we had a large group, about 30, 30 some of us, and we were outside of St. George's Monastery near Bethlehem. And so the bus stopped, and we were getting an overlook of Bethlehem. And about that moment, as we stopped the bus, uh, a shepherd, it was a, a lady, uh, a, a woman who was watching the sheep, and she brought her sheep, and it was probably about 30, 40 sheep she had with her. And uh, our people were getting off the bus to take pictures. And of course, we want to take a picture of the shepherd. You know, here you are, the hills of Bethlehem. Here's a shepherd with our sheep. I mean, this is like a photographic moment, you know. So we're doing that. And uh, after a few minutes, people are taking pictures. And all of a sudden, I start yelling at the, the lady, the shepherd. And I said, hey, watch your sheep. Watch your sheep. Why? Because that 30 or 40 sheep by themselves started running to the highway. Folks, we were going to have mutton sandwiches for supper, you know? <laughs> but that was a shepherd who took her eyes off the sheep. Yes, it was all in fun and all that. And she ran as fast as she could to bring that sheep back off the road. I mean, they were going, it was a major highway. Anyways, way vey, as we say, okay? The sheep were saved, okay? <laughs> That's the end of the story. But here's the thing. That shepherd took the eye, her eyes off of her sheep during that time. Mankind will fail you. Shepherds will eventually fail you. Put your trust in the Lord. Because why? The good shepherd will never fail you. 
The good shepherd will never fail you. So then, second question is this. First of all, why do we need a shepherd? We've gone astray, we're without hope. But here's the thing. What does the shepherd do for the sheep? Going back to Ezekiel, again, read that whole chapter, but the shepherd really has compassion on it. He will seek them out. He also has compassion. Remember Jesus, he saw the multitudes as sheep not having a shepherd. And what does he do? He sends forth his labors in the harvest. He, he views them with compassion. This is one thing, talking, harvest testimony is right on point. We are preachers in that aspect. God has used each of us as a sheep to tell other lost sheep about him. God uses that in, in amazing ways. So the shepherd, he seeks them. He seeks the lost. He also has compassion for them. And he also gives his life for the sheep as well. In John 10, verse 11, we covered this last week. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But I also want to see this in a practical way in looking at Psalm chapter 22. Look with me just the chapter back here. And uh, as you look with me here, look with me starting at verse 14. And one thing that's interesting, when you look at the Psalms, uh, don't look at them just as individual Psalms. You can do that. But I want us to think of this, Psalm 23, uh, 22, 23, and 24. It's kind of a little trio, if you will, that really highlights the message of the shepherd, the shepherd's story. In uh, Psalm 22, look at me in verse 14. The psalmist says here, uh, verse 1, this is a familiar passage. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from my helping me and from the words of my roaring? This is what the words of Jesus on the cross. Verse 14 says, I am poured out like water and my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax and is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me up, and the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones and look and stare at me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. This is crucifixion imagery. By the way, the crucifixion, that method of execution, didn't become known until about maybe eight or nine hundred years later after this was written. This is a prophecy about what would happen to that shepherd. So what does the shepherd do for a sheep? Yes, he seeks them, has compassion for them, but he gives his life for the sheep. No other, what other shepherd would do such a thing? That's amazing love right there. How deep the Father's love is for us, as we sang earlier today. So my question, going back to this, is the Lord your shepherd? Now I ask this question, the third question now is this, who is the shepherd? We see a couple things here. The shepherd, first of all, is caring. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And we look at the rest of the verses and we see really the overarching theme uh, of the, this psalm is this, the shepherd cares for the sheep in so many aspects, in so many ways. Let me just put it this way. The shepherd cares for you. If you're one of his flock, Jesus cares for you. He will never abandon you. He will not take his eyes off of you. This is a blessing. The shepherd is caring. But we also see the shepherd is leading. The shepherd is leading. Look at verse 6 of this passage. Surely goodness and, and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This, this leading leads us to future blessings. That there is a goal. You know, this world that we're in right now is not all there is. If this is all you're living for, my word... We're, we're, we're most to be pitied, as, as uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians. 
it's important as we see here this, that the shepherd is leading us. He leads you in this, in this life, but he leads you also to a, the greatest life. You will dwell in the house of the Lord forever under his security, under his watch care. Understand this, that we have not arrived. Like Harvey says, once he got saved, amen, what a blessing. But like Harvey said, he, did, he start, had to start growing. And you don't start growing. You know, until we get to glory, we have not arrived yet. How important it is for us to be in the word of God, be in prayer, sing songs within our heart, be active in church, okay? Be an, uh, uh, a functioning church member. What a blessing this is to work together here. With this, there's a song, the, the good shepherd, what? He leads his dear children along. Praise God for that. And we see also, who is the shepherd? The shepherd is sovereign. The shepherd is sovereign. He's king. The shepherd is the king. Look with me in verse uh, chapter 24. Chapter 24 of Psalms in verse 7. A triumphant Psalm of David here. says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. You see here, the shepherd is this king. He is the king of glory. And not just that, just not the king of glory, but look with it. It even expands it in verse 10. Who is the king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. A lot of times you'll see that, the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? A lot of times in our, our modern day English, we kind of like get a, maybe a fuzzy idea of, it, of this. But the idea of hosts in Hebrew is sevaot, which is literally the armies. The Lord is the, he's the Lord of the armies is the idea. It's a bigger, it's a military. He is the commander in chief and nothing will stop him from accomplishing his, his goal and for his glory. He will protect and defend the sheep at all costs because his name is worthy. He is the Lord of glory. And that is who we follow. Is the Lord your shepherd. Now, as we look at this kind of at a couple different passages, I want us to look at the shepherd's story. Psalm 22 Psalm 23 and Psalm 24, what can we learn from this? And so what I'm going to share with you, this actually was presented by J. Vernon McGee through the Bible. By the way, if you want a good commentary or listen through that, he's still on radio, yet he being dead yet speaketh, okay? God has used his ministry in many ways. And this was his um, uh, description on these three passages. You see in the shepherd's story in Psalm 22, that's the past. The present is Psalm 23 and in the future is Psalm 24, in Psalm 22, he is the good shepherd. In Psalm 23, he is the great shepherd. In Psalm 24, he is the chief shepherd. In Psalm 24, he is the savior. In Psalm 23, he is the satisfier. In Psalm 24, he is sovereign. In Psalm 22, we see the cross, the shepherd's cross. Psalm 23, we see the shepherd's crook. And in Psalm 24, we see the shepherd's crown. Psalm 22, we see the foundation of his plan. We see in Psalm 23, his manifestation, his, he is revealed. And then in Psalm 24, we see the expectation of his coming. We see in Psalm 22 that the shepherd is dying. In Psalm 23, the shepherd is living. And in Psalm 24, the shepherd is coming. Praise God. In Psalm 22, the shepherd gives life. In Psalm 23, the shepherd gives love. 
In Psalm 24, the shepherd gives light. That's talking about his glorious appearing. What a blessing it is to think about that. This is the shepherd's story. It's not just isolated. This works together as a one complete picture of who this shepherd is. Is the Lord your shepherd? You see, Jesus is the good shepherd. Who is this shepherd that we shall not want, we will not lack anything? It's Jesus. Jesus is a shepherd worth following. He calls us not for a pleasure trip upon this earth, but for an adventure where he will prove over and over again that he is the chief shepherd and he will never abandon you. You didn't get saved. By the way, when you got saved, someone tell you, oh, once you accept Jesus, you'll, your troubles will be over. You won't have to worry about a thing. You'll have all the health, wealth, and prosperity you can imagine. If you listen to that, don't believe him for a second. But you will find out what? That when you are close to the shepherd, he will again prove over and over his love and care for you. He will never abandon you. No matter what valley you may be going through right now, no matter what mountaintop experience you may be doing, God will be with you because he loves you. He cares for you. He died for you. He lives for you and he's coming again. This is the hope that we have in our shepherd. So my question then is this, what does life look like then when Jesus is our shepherd? What does it look like? Verse in Hebrews kind of sums that up for us. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. The author of Hebrews writes, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, he makes every way possible through his shed blood for us to do what is well-pleasing in his sight, to live for him. Folks, is Jesus your shepherd? Amen. Have you put your faith and trust in him? That when you leave this life, you know that you're in his presence forevermore. If you don't know that, you have questions about that, by all means, I'll be glad to show you from the Bible, or like Harvey's testimony was earlier today, that you can know Jesus Christ. You could, by trusting him, you shall be saved. Not maybe be saved. 50-50 chance. No, you can be saved. It's possible. Oh, that you were, each of us were one of his sheep following the good shepherd. I challenge you today, stay close to him, trust in him. And when you do that, you'll find out, yes, the Lord is your shepherd. And next week, we're gonna learn a little bit more, I shall not want. That was all introduction <laughs> to Psalm 23. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for our good and great shepherd.